And I'll ask our First Lady to get ready, and maybe we'll do a countdown from 10. So we'll go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ladies, what a time to be alive. Worst Heels is passing 40K. HBK Dupe Dust is passing 50. MBF is dead. Ladies, it's the greatest time there's ever been. I told the song would change your life. I told you would change your life. And I just told this like explanation. Ladies, I'm glad you're in that time machine. I'm glad you're in the New Day time machine looking blurry as fuck going back in time. Because we must leave this great time to go back to 2008. This is the official song for SummerSlam 2008, ladies. And of course, we will come back to now as we must pick TLC. And there's so much more to talk about from this week. But Vleeties, Edge pushed over Vicky, okay? SummerSlam 2008, the biggest party of the summer. And as I would call SummerSlam, the granddaddy of them all. Growing up, SummerSlam had Shawn Michaels versus Vader. It always had the better main events. And it was my biggest party of the year. Fuck the summer. Vleeties, 2008's back and better than ever. You did call this, you, you always said SummerSlam was the wrestling fans' WrestleMania. And this was the wrestling fans' WrestleMania. We had three title matches in a row because it just seemed like Damn it, we got to get these belts on the damn card. Because the main event, we had Cena, Batista. Oh, wait, that's not the main event. Edge, Undertaker, and a Hell in a Cell. If I had action figures, I booked this this whole card. Ladies, if you have action figures, I'm borrowing both Hardys. They're both on this card. And like you called Matt Hardy to me via text earlier, he's the Road Warriors pop machine. He's the pop-up power pod when he comes up. The whole crowd does a wave and they freak out. And now I get it. I can relate to the fatter Hardy brother easier too. Watching it back now, knowing how broken he'd become and how much we, we'd be allowed to like him later. And I almost feel allowed to, I feel allowed to like him then. So ladies, let's start with one of the Hardys. Because SummerSlam 2008 begins with Jeff Hardy versus MVP. And during this match, Taz is just, at one point, goes, boasts about MVP's strong style. The strong style of MVP. And I'm thinking, if this was strong style, then fuck the women's revolution. We've had a gook revolution here in America. Nakamura redefined it. I was ordering the Nakamura strong style shirt because it's come so far since 2008. Well, this was a, and this was an interesting opener, but it, it was a pleasant change from our previous two outings where we were watching these 08 pay-per-views and we had uh, Finley and Hornswoggle and Miz and Morrison and all kinds of tag team action. This was great to get back to like a, a hot opening match where we got to cheer, we got to cry. Uh, and then I, I really enjoyed uh, Jeff Hardy with the jumping onto Shelton Benjamin. I thought that was a cool moment. I thought it was a fun match, and MVP needs to get a couple wins because he is kind of a legit uh, – he's kind of a top guy. I guess he was at this time. Look, in hindsight, I always pictured him as a, a true mid-carder, and although this is a mid-card match, I kind of walked away from this going, 
if MVP fought for the championship next week, I'd believe it. The lady is a great man once said that time heals all wounds in wrestling. And when you said that, you used Shelton Benjamin as the example. You said he would be a greatest heel after five years. It's been long enough. So looking back, I think you're wrong. I hated seeing Shelton Benjamin. He was even coming out to help Jeff Hardy. And maybe I'm just, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here. I don't know how this ends. This is all new to me. But as far as I know, MVP attacked Shelton on SmackDown or Raw, whatever brand they're on. So why would Jeff Hardy give up his finish to go jump on an ally? Uh, I'll have to see where well, this Shel- goes. Shelton had just stolen the belt from Matt Hardy in the previous pay-per-view. So to me, this is a, we have MVP and Shelton's as sort of a team against our Hardy boys. You know what? Jeff Hardy does come out and help Matt later. So you're right. There's still kind of a unit then. Team Extreme isn't dead. God, Vladis, is this before or after Edge fucked Lita and Matt Hardy hated him? This was well after that, but this what? is also before the like hardcore uh, ladder match or whatever that they had against each other at WrestleMania. So now that I know that that match is coming, it sort of feels like the internet wrestling fan in me should have seen like they're building towards a hearty feud because they definitely never did one before this. So this was the first like they're bringing them back together. The brothers are back together. They're back together. And then eventually one of them is going to turn heel. So uh, I like that they're getting involved in each other's singles matches because I don't think they do any tag stuff for the rest of the year. We know that our boy Matt wins the ECW championship. We know that Jeff is awesome. So, uh, yeah. They, this no, it thing- sucks. It's bullshit. Please, we should have had Edge version one and Matt Hardy, the rated R superstar, with Lita doing a live sex show on Raw. Instead, Edge stole the better career, and good for him. Remember that match where he beat up Matt Hardy so much it ended in four minutes? That was like, ty- like that time Chris Jericho beat up Shawn Michaels so much it ended in four minutes, which was the pay-per-view before this one, Vlades. And we'll talk about that when we get to match of the night. Please, I'm so all in with HBK again. And match of the night is a segment where his wife gets punched. It's not even a match. Isn't it, it so is, awesome? Like, we'll get to it. We will get to it, but I'm on the same page as you Please. were. It was, an, it was not a match, but I'd never been more captivated ever. We go backstage, though, and see Maria as the backstage interviewer talking to my favorite Santino. Beth Phoenix is there. Glamorella is together. And Santino's looking at Maria like, and he says, oh, I almost didn't recognize you. You really let yourself fall apart since we broke up. And he's showing her his new squeeze. And I love this so much. Uh, I like how when she, she brings up his unibrow and he's like, Thank you for noticing. Everything <laughs> Santino does was so great. During the match they're about to have, I captured the clip of them. Oh, we'll talk about it. But I captured the finish for Jess, then sent it to you. It went on a chain letter to every wrestling fan I ever met. I've been collecting emails my whole career. They all got the video. Glamorella is underappreciated, ladies, in this backstage segment when Beth says, he's all mine, and he's staring down Maria. is the perfect example why. I love Santino, and the best parts of his career are in this duo. Yeah, now, now that I'm watching this, you know, we're, here we are so far removed, and you got back into wrestling, I think, in 2011 or so. This seems like right up your alley. Like, this is your favorite, like, Beth Phoenix, Santino, doing their comedy duo, but also winning. And, uh, like, it was a great – I liked the match. It was very enjoyable. For for one of these mixed tags, it was hilarious, and it just – there was good action. And I liked that it was dubbed an Adam Lee original. I feel like at the time Please, that might have you took me- my line. We're not even at the match yet. We have to talk about when JR puts over the cell. We only were talking about backstage. I'm supposed to bring up the Adam Lee original. I love that line. God damn it. I'm going to steal it. It's one of my favorites because at that time, I think that would have driven me away. Like, fuck Mike Adam Lee. Like, I was, a, I was a hip wrestling fan on WrestleView.com fucking posting on things like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. Now that I'm watching it 10 years later, 
how fucking awesome was this whole little bit yeah, here? Oh, this was the whole bit, including Kofi Kingston. SOS. I hear you, Danny. I don't even I don't remember how it goes anymore. It's like I combined both versions, my version and the real one. But that song is aged so well. I love the character, love the song. I love the kids clapping in the crowd. This guy's been around for fucking two weeks. He won the title two weeks ago in his debut. These kids weren't watching ECW, watching Kofi when he had the black attire before he went full green. So this is just, wow, these sheep will follow anything. And here I am 10 years later finally getting on the bandwagon. Look out, kids. SOS, here comes Kevin. Bring back that fucking, bring back the New Day time machine like they did that one segment on Raw or SmackDown and have Kofi bring this character back. When this team, this New Day breaks up, he's set. Xavier Woods is fucked. He'll be a full-time YouTuber. Big E is going to be way too fat by then. And we're going to have a, uh, a Kofi Kingston from Jamaica back. I'm ready for Kofi to get that world title push because this, uh, like you're saying, I think this might have been the most, in like I enjoyed Kofi at that time too because he was on ECW and it just kind of, he was the epitome of come out and smile good guy and trying to watch like Sandman beat up people with a kendo stick. So we were sitting there like, why is this guy on ECW? Now he's on Raw, he gets to be like the happy superstars era, Kofi Kingston, and he's fighting Santino. Like it was just, it, this whole thing was a lot of fun. You can step away from the, uh, the, the blood and guts feuds for a minute and watch two titles change hands. <laughs> Yeah, this, because of these guys. This will make it on ECW's bloodiest matches. I don't know that any of Kofi's ECW uh, era would, but he's still one of the greats looking back. By the way, this match, because you cut ahead, was Glamorella versus Mickey and Kofi. And it was the IC title and the women's title on the line at the same time. And before we got to it, ladies, we cut to JR, and he has to tell us about a poll, you know, because this is the fun part every month where Jim <laughs> Ross teaches us how to text. And the poll this month was Edge and Vicky, will they divorce? And I'm just thinking he fucking flipped her wheelchair over. And he went crazy on the run. We're going to talk more about that, too, before the main event, because I love the segment of Edge trying to summon Undertaker, beating up La Familia. He tips over a wheelchair. Come on, Undertaker, turn out the lights. Ah, yes. Sorry, I love that part. I didn't even see it. I just saw the video. That we're gonna, clips. But, uh, but and then Vladis, Jim Ross puts over the fucking cage because that's what the main event will be in the cell. And they didn't even play dun dun dun. They didn't play the cage lowering music. He just did it over Jet Black New Year, our favorite fucking band ever. Here we go. Oh, 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 the cell. I couldn't do it like him. I'm not a pro. That should be the SummerSlam theme song. Like every year we should just get reacquainted with that song. And the end of the Glamorella match was so brilliant. The way, of course, Beth wins with the move, move on Mickey. And I want to bring up the message I sent you and Jess. Where the, Oh, it's the finish, Felides. You got to join my chain le- letter to get all my favorite finishes from 2008. Where Santino's knocked out. Beth is waking him up. And she's showing him the belt. And he's, the, first of all, the wake up where she smacks him in the chest and he just kind of pops up. But he's still not awake. He just <laughs> has eyes open looking one way. And then she has to smack him again. And he's still waking up. The, he sees the belt. Then he looks at her, looks at the ref, needs confirmation from him, then explodes like he won the fucking Super Bowl. (laughs) I loved this so much. And this is the famous shot as well, ladies, where afterwards... Beth puts Santino up on her shoulders. God, it's iconic. When I'm in Australia, Jess needs to put me up on her shoulders. I need her to be my Beth Phoenix and stare down all these Marias trying to get at me. I need a unibrow. But only, but no, Jess has the unibrow and I have the muscles. We'll figure it out, ladies. We're Glamorella anyway. 
you guys can work on that, but take my takeaway from this was yeah, how awesome, how fun it was. And yeah, it was the women's title and the intercontinental title. We've been saying for months, or at least I have on doing these recaps, where is Beth Phoenix in this women's title picture? This was the most interesting and fun way to get her the belt back. And now I'm curious, like, where does it, where do these guys keep going? I love Glamorella looking back. So yeah, this overall, I thought this was, this match stole the show for me, bro. I was very, I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. And it probably helped that I was watching it like at work, like on lunch. So it was like a perfect break from my day. Kofi jumps so high. And he, I always knew that even when I hated him, I'd still say he jumps the highest. And God damn, even now that I, now that I don't hate him, he jumps the highest. I yell it instead of saying it. You should have seen him in the Smash Villages. He jumped way up high and landed on Santino. And I like that this Adam Lee original uh, was intergender rules so the women could fight the men. Of course, they're not going to go full out on it. Like the Indies, ladies. This isn't all in. But we had a nice little sketch where Mickey humiliated Santino. Another example of why Santino's the best. But, ladies, why do they tease us? Because during this match, I'm looking over and I see commentators that aren't talking. Mainly Matt Stryker. And I just want to know what he thinks of this. I want to know about intergender <laughs> history. I want to know about transgender future. You know Matt Stryker was ahead of his time. He's transgender himself. He could have told us all about what was to come. He's a liberal teacher. He's a libtod. He's the if if the teacher Matt Stryker taught at or the the school Matt Stryker taught at had a no white people day he would stay home and be a puss about it not like that teacher at Evergreen College that protested it and that white teacher stayed at the school like you and I would Matt Stryker wouldn't he's a libtod but I wanted to hear his input on Glamorella and Kofi I knew he was talking ladies I was staring at him the whole time his lips were moving what was he saying. Well, and this was one of the first pay-per-views I remember him doing the commentary. So he's sitting there at ringside. And it is uh, odd for the ECW team to be at ringside, at least in my opinion, because they only have one match. It's not like they need to be at ringside because they're there for, I mean, uh, assumedly most of the show. I mean, these guys are there during this match. Their match is up next. Do they then pull a Mike Adamley and go use the bathroom with John Cena? Like, it, they don't need to be out there, I feel. I feel like you can give them a desk backstage and go, we're back here at the ECW announce table. Like, just that was my Josh Matthews. But if they did one of those, I think that would make a little more sense than having Matt Stryker sit out there. Because I would like to hear, like, the Wild Lines video of Matt Stryker sitting there like, you know, the intergender tag match is very, very rare. And tonight it makes a resurgence that only Kofi Kingston can suffice. Like, it's just, I can imagine him doing perfect lines like that. And uh, who, who's sitting there with him? Grisham's sitting there like this fucking guy. The intergender tag match pioneered by Mae Young, Taz. And I don't know if he was with Taz. But God, those two together is my dream team. And I got him with Vampiro. In 1958, Mae Young was just two years out of Evergreen College. He just gets full into the backstory. Uh, that was back when Moolah had her as her slave because she was training her. And by the way, we hold no ill will against Moolah here. If you're going to be in this fucking stream, we love Moolah. And that fucking WrestleMania Battle Royal of ladies is a fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. I still call it the fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. I don't believe all the rumors that everyone's talking about how she was like 
a pimp. Like that doesn't make sense. What she did would she would train the female wrestlers and then collect a booking fee, much like every Hart brother did. So Keith Hart, we're all looking at you. You uh you hoard out Chris Jericho and Lance. Storm. I've seen those contracts she has with those girls, and I'm and it's better than our YouTube partnership. I'll tell you that right now. YouTube ain't booking me at WrestleMania, saving me from a Kenyan match like she did to one girl. Just one girl complained because she wanted to wrestle in Kenya. But instead, Moolah forced her to wrestle at WrestleMania. That's the type of shit we got to care about? Fuck off. And racism was okay then, so don't tell me about that one girl either. Vleeties, stop calling the ECW match the one match. It's the ECW main event. And we will get to that ECW main event soon. Because we first, will get to the ECW championship ECW match. original Eastern Championship Wrestling. We Founded all by the <laughs> National Wrestling Alliance. We all remember when my tutor, Dean Douglas, threw the Eastern Championship title into the garbage can. That garbage can was two days old. They just just ordered it. I have the invoice. Please, I love Matt Stryker. He always has documents to back up what the shit he says. But please, please. What would Matt Stryker say about the heart dungeon? Go. No, we're not doing that. It's not Matt Stryker improv time. Please, we cut to a Jericho HBK promo video. And I just need you to isolate the clip of Shawn Michaels looking at the camera and going, there's been severe damage to my eye. It's my favorite clip I've ever seen. And that's all I remember from the video. And it leads us to Jarek, uh, to HBK and his wife in the ring giving the most believable retirement speech since Mark Henry tricked us. And it's, I think it's because of this one. Even though I wasn't watching actively, I've seen this segment at least in bits. I never believed a retirement speech when Debray did it, when Edge did it. This is wrestling. They're faking. It's fucking write a blog and then I'll believe it. But when you're out there <laughs> pretending to cry, if HBK's wife can do it, then I don't believe any performer can do it. Uh, but Vlady's we need, yeah, we always need the wrestlers to be on the microphone doing like a Terry Folk, like forever. Like we believe that one, but it didn't even end there. So it's really hard to, if this guy's going to cry while screaming forever, I'm never going to believe any other retirement. Ric Flair with that leave the memories alone music video. These guys have these epic retirements and then they wrestle Hogan when they're 78. We need Jericho on the mic doing the Sandlot forever. God, I miss Sandlot. It's the greatest fucking movie of all time. And tell me it's forever. Is it never? Don't tell me I said the no, wrong no, word. It's forever. God, all right, I'll cut where I doubted it then instead of cutting the original part. You can put <sighs> Michael Squins Paladoris in there. He'll back you up. Validis, there's been severe damage to my eye. And I'm going to cry out here and we give a speech. The crowd was crying. Everyone believed this. He brought up screwing Bret Hart in his retirement speech. He brought up losing a smile. And then just when everybody believed it most, it wasn't even break the walls down. It was the that like noise comes in and the pop. It was like Matt Hardy was coming out because people were so relieved that he's not retiring because his eye was fucked up. We've seen it. So this was fully believable that he would be gone forever. But no, he's not in the in the Jericho song. Let us know. Great. It's it's fake. It's a work. He's, he might be about to punch this guy's wife for real, but I'm OK with it now. Like, I love the relief in the crowd. Ladies. There was a sense of like, OK, this is an angle. But at the time, I guess I still was like, no, Sean's retiring. Maybe maybe it was just being a younger person thinking, yeah, this guy's old as shit. He needs to retire. He's all broken down. He's beat up. He switched to pants from his tights. He's an old man. Get him out of there. He already had the match with Kurt Angle three years ago. His career is over. Plus, Rebecca was out there. She was looking roll tied. It was just a, a perfect retirement for Shawn Michaels. Oh, so you thought Jericho was coming out like that Ric Flair celebration when he retired. No, no I <laughs> thought he was legit coming out there to be an asshole. Oh. But I didn't think it would lead to a match. I just thought it was like 
to put Jericho over more as this like sick heel. Like they were just gonna have Sean leave like crying, and Jericho's like screaming like, "Go on, Sean! I have retired you, Sean!" <laughs> Ladies, for that don't undersell his performance. When he the way they, I can't believe neither of them started laughing as they were staring each other down in this fake little fight they're having. Well, he was doing the Anton Chigurh from No Country for All Men, so I could tell like he said something, and even Sean's like, "What'd you say?" And Jericho super quietly is like, "You heard me." <laughs> It's like no, none of us did. Okay, the mic might not have the mic might not have been on all the way or something, but you he had said something, and then Sean's like, "What was that?" Heard me. <laughs> I loved, I fucking love these performances, Jericho. I deserve to hear it. Tell me that. Don't try to group the eye injury in with your leg and your back and try to see you retiring on your own terms. I earn the right to hear that I put you out with his wife right there. Oh, Felides, this was heart wrenching. And then HBK with line of the century. And I was not behind HBK in this storyline. He lied already about a leg injury with Batista. Then he lied about that for weeks. Then kicks Jericho when he finally tells him the truth. He's been the instigator. Jericho has cost Jericho the Intercontinental Championship. Thank you. And Jericho came out and saved his ass in that fucking stretcher match seven times. And he still couldn't win. So I don't know what's going on here. But um, so... Uh, HBK with line of the century looks at him and says, I'll, I'll sit my wife and kids down and I'll tell them that I'm retiring because of an asshole. But also, you sit your wife and kids down. And by the way, Jericho's wife and kids are so adorable on Instagram. I really I know, hope he right. sat them down and let them know that daddy is not Shawn Michaels. Ah, fucking road warrior pop. Oh, Vladis. This was the greatest line, the greatest segment. The stare downs were real. The retirement was real. The interruption was real. And the punch, most importantly, was real. You saw the fat lip afterwards. I read Jericho's, well, you read Jericho's book, and I just say I did because I know you did, but <laughs> I read Shawn Michaels' book, and I think that counts. I think he brings it up in it. And yeah, I just remember hearing about how bad Jericho felt because, and if you watch your head snap back, the back angle's the best one. The rest of it looks like he might as well have stomped. It looks like wrestling punching but the angle from right behind her you see it looks like tyson fury knock getting knocked out by deontay wilder she wasn't ready for it and yeah it definitely is a shoot punch and we've all i've read the book and yeah i guess she moved in a little too much and he connected flush on that face and it you know it added to that moment because you know this is wrestling he didn't break character once he still walked back he seemed like oh my gosh i I punched a woman but he still was this evil monster in an awesome suit so yeah like you're saying this wasn't even a match but i stopped everything i was doing to watch this like it's just that perfect example of you don't have to have a a 40 minute will osprey match to to captivate an audience we're sitting there watching sean talk about how he screwed brett how he's an old guy and he's wearing a t-shirt with a suit jacket right well ladies we say that like others can do this like sean michaels and as much as i hate him triple h and on but sean michaels has a history of having these segments that we remember because of their performances even as a referee in a match but like even the triple h undertaker stare down that went on forever and jericho too he's all about these how wrestling is about the performance i love hearing him talk about in a shoot that comeback he made where his heel turn was just going come on baby without grabbing the mic over and over like yeah these guys take different approaches to what we feel like is the same show all the time so it's always so refreshing when they work together and are able to create when the face you brought up with jericho 
like uh, now knowing he really punched her, those tears were probably real. But he has cry tears coming out of his eyes. But yeah, he's still evil. He still believes in his stance and his morals. And no, he said what he said. And I won't forget what he said. So like, yeah, the he, the performance of Jericho from before the punch to after was so goddamn perfect. And what if he hit? her in the eye and just made them both look retarded. She just looks like her husband for the rest of her wife. His wife. By the way, who's the husband? Because Shawn Michaels watches this guy punch his wife. The guy stands within two feet of him for two whole minutes, towering over of him. And he doesn't do shit. HBK just looks up at him like, don't hit me too. Please don't hit me too. And don't hit her again. Take everything. He threw his wallet at Jericho's feet. Like, what the fuck? If anyone ever punched Jess May Allen, if you ever punched Jess May Allen, you better believe you're getting a flurry back. Like, who's that fucking gook? No, no, he's a Muslim. Who's, who's that Muslim? Amir Khan, that boxer. Sugar Mahal. You'll get a fucking Amir Khan combo on you. I will go full. I wish I remembered boxer names. Shane Mosley? No, that's too dated. Ladies, I'm going to bring Trinidad out in a second. Just don't hit Jess. <laughs> Felix Trinidad? No. Well, here's that's funny that you would be the I'm going to get up and fight guy because I have, now that I am married, I've kind of turned into, in that moment, she'd want someone to nurture her. If you just left her there to fight, she's it fine. would be like, she's I'm fine. She's <laughs> fine. And the mo- and more importantly, I got to go. More importantly, Jericho's fine, and he shouldn't be. You should be beating the shit out of him. He punched your wife, ladies. Yes, there'll be plenty of time to nurture her after you get revenge on live TV in front of 20,000 people that just watched him punch your wife in front of I him. think Sean knew that the ultimate uh, assault back would be an unsanctioned match at Unforgiven 08. I think he knew that if he retaliated then... He would. Rebecca might have been mad at him. Like, why would you leave me there? I got punched in the face and you left me. Because that's how she sees it. She doesn't see it as you went and got Jericho for me. You left me there, Sean. You broke my dad's glasses. It would have been one of those storylines. So I'm definitely glad he went and tended to her. Jericho walked away. And when these guys have an unsanctioned match, I have a feeling Sean's going to do something. He'll never be able to forgive himself. Well, ladies, you should have Bronco busted that motherfucker immediately. That's first thing. Pedigree Bronco Buster. He should have did the pump handle slammery. <laughs> Humps him before he oh, throws yeah. him down. Full DX finisher set. What's China's? I'll ragdoll him like China did to that fucking gold dust girl. God, ladies, I'd pull pull out all the favorites. How about that bloody lip that she had? They're not bl- it was bloody, but it was more fat. And ladies, anyone that's had even a mildly fat lip, it always feels 30 times fatter than it is. Like, I'll feel like I have the fattest lip, and I'll look in the mirror, and it's perfectly normal. So imagine how hers felt, the, the heart, the, the blood being beaten through it. You feel every pulse. <sighs> ladies, that must have been the most painful punch, and I'm so in for this unsanctioned war. Yeah, and like we said, this is not even a match, but it just gets you more and more. Uh, it whets the appetite for more Jericho and Sean. Love this bit. This was probably what I remembered the most from this pay-per-view, and I did not even remember Shawn Michaels wearing an ugly shirt and an ugly sports coat. It didn't ruin the no, segment. No, he looked young. You looked amazing. I don't know if it's just seeing him at a crown jewel. He looked jewel. like Rob Lowe in like the early 90s. It is. Yeah, it is a comparison. <laughs> Dude, he looked like Rob Lowe and Tommy Boy. But yeah, you're right. Uh, it might have been just seeing Shawn Michaels at Crown Jewel. I'd rather him look like Shawn Michaels and Tommy Boy. But Vleeties, fuck it. What was I going to say to you now? God damn it, that life. Oh, while we're on this topic, I owe Shawn Michaels an apology. We bring up Crown Jewel, and I judged him incorrectly. All that man did at Crown Jewel was collect a boxer's purse. For a fake fight. He's the best. He didn't dupe us. He duped them. He duped the terrorists. And uh, 
Sean, my, uh, I just want to talk to him in first person. Get him on the line, Vleeties. Hey, Vleeties, it takes seeing segments like this to make her remember why he was in my top five and why Jericho was number two. And this cemented both of them on there. And also, while we're on it, Santino's got to be on there after a segment earlier. I think SummerSlam 2008 might be that sweet spot in wrestling history. It really is. This whole pay-per-view is very enjoyable. And yeah, this kind of brings... It, it has all of our favorites, I feel. I mean, The Rock's not here, but it's okay. It's got... It just it's got everything we've ever wanted and needed, and there's no Miz and Morrison in a tag please, team. Please, please, The Rock couldn't survive in the ruthless aggression era. Everyone acts like, oh, could Cena survive in the Attitude Era? No, could The Rock survive if Cena was there? That's the fucking question. No. Yeah, so, he couldn't be shoving uh, stuff sideways up people's candy asses. We wouldn't want to hear that once we heard Cena's awesome promos. Ah, oh, I can't remember. My favorite one was the John 316 one. That's on our YouTube channel. Search John 316 TWFS. Ladies, we move on to the ECW main event. Matt Hardy <laughs> faces Mark Henry with uh, Teddy Atlas, I believe. Is that his name? What's his name? Tony Atlas, <laughs> one half of the tag team champions with Rocky Johnson back in the early 80s in Los Angeles. What a team. Teddy's better. I think he went by Teddy on Legend's House. But yeah, Legend uh, Atlas is there with... Mark Henry, and I don't know how long this lasted, but what a match. Matt Stryker with point of the night, as usual. Matt Stryker always brings the points. He says, keep in mind, the side effect and the twist of fate do not involve lifting your opponent. So he's letting us know why Matt Hardy can still contend against a 450-pound monster. You know, I will say he made me way more interested. Like, I always give him a lot of shit, but even his line about Tony out. Tony Atlas can still bench over 500 pounds. He is not to be messed with. Like, he, you know, it was just, he really throws in these little facts in there that even if you don't believe them, you're like, well, shit, if this guy benches 500, he could really fuck you up. Or uh, Mark Henry has never been in better cardiovascular shape. And you watch this big chubby Mark Henry walk out there, but you go, well, shit, if Stryker says he's getting his cardio on, I mean, this could be a barn burner. We could have a 30-minute epic on our hands. Ladies, it's Teddy, and don't make me get my WWE encyclopedia. This match, <laughs> this match ends in disqualification, like ECW matches always did when we loved ECW. Yeah, ECW titles on the line. DQ over not even a thing that's that bad. He just pulled Matt Hardy off for a cover. Send him to the back. Or when Jeff came out to attack Tony slash Teddy, just allow them both to stay, restart the match. This was a... Uh, obviously fake thing that was pre-written, so it's not real. But if I'm that referee in that moment, we got to think on our feet. we got to relaunch this match. Mike Adamley should have come out and had an Adamley original on the spot. Remember me, ECW? It's my old digs. I have an Adamley original. He brings out two girls. The title's on the line in this intergender match. Mark Henry beats the fuck out of, some, out of Kelly Kelly in the ECW era. Was Kelly Kelly there then, ladies, or is that three years later when wrestling was even better? No, she is in this time. She was one of the original ECW vixens. So she was definitely hanging around here. I don't know what she was doing at this time. She might have been on Raw or something by now, but she used to just be the Kelly's expose where she would kind of, she would dance. And if she doesn't know how to dance, I'll teach her to dance. And so she was kind of doing that role in ECW. So I enjoyed this little bit. I kind of want to watch ECW from 2008. I don't think it's as bad as everyone says. As we see CM Punk stretch, we hear the theme. Oh, damn. Name the band and album right now without checking. I know you know it.
Jet Black Stare, Ready to Roll is the name of the song. And, you know, I had the album on the actual single release of Ready to Roll. Uh, but the name of the album is I'm going to go with Ready to Roll. In this life. Very close, Blitties. <laughs> I'll get it to you for, get it for you for Christmas. It's a good stock and stuff. Uh, and I, I would t- take it on vinyl even though I don't have a record player. That's just one of those ones you want to tell people you have on vinyl. You're getting an iTunes gift card for half, and I'm telling everyone I bought it for you. That's how my Christmases work. I got to get to Australia. Ladies, uh, the ECW main event mercifully ends. And after we see CM Punk stretch, we move on to CM Punk defending his World Heavyweight Championship in his first real pay-per-view defense against John Bradshaw Layfield. And Vladis, during the uh, promo video for it, has there ever been a truer statement than when CM Punk said, I'm not JBL, I'm CM Punk. I mean, look at these two idiots next to each other. JBL's got that bottle of Jack Daniels he tried to feed Punk in the video with his awesome suit on and his hat. Just got off Fox News. Did a nice, uh, what's that called, ladies, when people are at a nice panel over on Fox News. And CM Punk showed up. Oh, he, he just had a coffee with his coffee mate in his fridge. And he keeps his uh, World Heavyweight title in his fridge. Did he have Instagram then? Do we, can we confirm that all the belts were there? I don't. I don't think I had Instagram then. I don't think I, I don't have a smartphone when this pay per view happens. So for all you old ki- or young kids out there, we didn't have smartphones. I couldn't tweet during SummerSlam 08. But I will say that this was this promo package made me realize that I actually did really like CM Punk and I loved JBL. What an incredible build up to this match! Like I know it's something simple like CM Punk versus JBL, but they got me really fucking into this. Where he's, you know, like. You could call me straight edge. You can call me CM Punk. I prefer you call me the world heavyweight champion. I just was, I'm watching this like, like a little kid just going, yeah, like, fuck yeah. What a good line. What a good build. JBL trying to get him to drink Jack. And he's like, throws it in his face. And he goes, sometimes it's what you don't do. That makes you who you are. It's like, this guy is inspiring as fuck right now. I love powerful. That was powerful. And I like, (laughs) he should have brought him to the APA set backstage. Where was Brian Gortz to write this? How fucking easy is this? He should have went full APA for the match. He's getting his title run. He's going to show he could have done it as that character. Now I'm getting too weird. This is to get Punk over. He's smoking Let's... cigars <laughs> on his way to the ring. God, JBL was still great, no matter what iteration. I'm going to go far be pre-APA. I like the Mulligan version. But, Felides, you're right. This match was... Oh a dream match after this year we've been watching. We've seen CM Punk have a d- bizarre ECW path, waiting for the cash-in highlight every month, just like we've been waiting for Mick Foley to disappear. By the way, he finally has. And then we've seen JBL, the man who just beat John Cena. What better way for Punk to almost feel legitimate? After getting destroyed by Batista uh, on the last pay-per-view, he finally gets a real defense in, a pinfall. And Jim Ross is blatant about it. He's a real champion, folks. I'm pretty sure he's a real champ. Or Michael Cole, it might have been. Whoever it was. It was just like, please believe that he's legitimate. And Vladis, it took you 10 years, but you believe it, huh? I believe it's him. I guess it might have been just this little segment here, but I liked JBL as a heel. We watched Night of Champions. We cut that uh, fire promo against Dallas. It, it just was a perfect combination of, yeah, a guy who just got over on John Cena, a guy who just won the world championship. They're coming together at SummerSlam, the biggest pay-per-view, and it, it worked out really well. And I thought it was a great match from start to finish. And, yeah, I, I love them falling and clashing their back of the heads together. And one of them, you know, they're both getting busted open that way. It was just a good a good match. They both had kick-ass entrance songs. I don't know why I like JBL's entrance so much. But uh, all in all, I really I enjoyed uh, Michael Cole saying, you know, John Bradshaw Layfield's from the old school where you need to wrestle for 15 years before you can get a championship match. And 
I just thought there was so much in this that was a val- There was so much validity to why these guys would hate each other and want to wrestle tonight. Oddly you can enough, imagine though, how many chickens that uh, CM Punk ate over somebody's bag. You and I can come together over JBL in every aspect except his song. I despise that theme song. And JBL deserves a, some drums, a little bit of at least some bass in there. And I understand he's trolling us. And what is that, like a college football theme song or something? Is that some, let me guess, Jim Ross loves it. It's the Sooners or something. I don't know. And then there's a sound effect in there of a rooster. It's fine, but it's not a song, ladies. It pays homage to his Wall Street because that's the bell on Wall Street. Then it's also got the, oh. the Texan, like the, the cows and the chickens. And it's just an epic. It almost makes me feel like I'm riding. <laughs> a horse and buggy from new york to texas ladies that's awesome it's the best song ever <laughs> you're a genius i didn't i thought it was a cowbell i thought it was an annoying like i'm on a farm thing but that's wall street they should add money up or blinking green to let me know or voices in my head i like when that's in a song too but ladies we move forward to and it feels like one of the five main events here as great Kali with this annoying interpreter who i just discovered when i was making the worst heels video on this channel it opens with a clip of him next to Kali as Kali is crushing a basketball and the guy just starts going you're gonna your your brains are gonna come out of your head you're, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna bleed out of your nose <laughs> he's just saying all this shit he's the worst and he's even worse here it feels like thank god this guy hopefully is gone faster than mick foley was put this guy on commentary before foley though and yelling his ear he deserves it but uh vladis this uh great Kali though makes up for it i love a big monster like this even if he moves awkwardly i'm still afraid of him now i despise the match but jim ross had second line of the night right behind match strikers when he said success has many fathers but failure is an orphan Triple H is not an orphan here tonight. Spoiler, Triple H defends his title and wins. But Vlidis, what an opponent. What a challenge. Was this before or after the longest yard? This was after longest yard. Uh, and it was, you know, they do a weird job with Kali where they, they make him lose. And then he's like the most dominant superstar. Like Triple H has never wrestled somebody like this. Meanwhile, Big Show beat this guy like two pay-per-views ago. We've already watched Cena beat this guy. We watched Batista beat this guy. Rey Mysterio, I think, beat this guy. Like, he's not this imposing heel that can't be stopped. Undertaker beat this guy when he debuted. So, like, he he's not this menacing, untouchable heel. And now the match was awesome, <laughs> in my opinion. I thought they did a good job at making me try and believe Kali was going to win. He, he looked dominant. He looked powerful. He was very giant Gonzalez-like. Uh, but yeah, I remember thinking at the time, why is Triple H working Kali? Like, we, there's all these other wrestlers around him. We're gonna go into a pay per view where he fights the Brian Kendrick. So why is he not wrestling MVP at this one? Or why isn't an MVP Jeff Hardy, Triple H, Triple Threat, Hell in a Cell? Would have been awesome. Believe but, I'm trying to fly through these matches so we can get to the results of the poll about Edge and Vicky. Oh but, yeah. Um, okay. Let me just say, Ranjit Singh hangs out around for a long fucking time. <laughs> Ranjit Singh hangs around until Jinder Mahal gets here. So we got a while. I didn't like this match. I hate Triple H and Greg Kali was god awful. And the way like Triple H is trying to sell and lay down and Kali just looks going, get up, get up. Of his arms. He's got big weird arms. <laughs> I hate his legs though. He's got the scary arms, but then his legs are like crooked. It's, it's not Slenderman. It's more awkward than that though. It's inspired by. He's got abyss feet, but he's way taller than abyss. So it looks weird. And he finally got up, didn't he? Triple H. And then he got his head grabbed. Oh, it was the best. And then Triple H kicked him in his weird leg. I do remember this match. I could reenact it with you right now. And Triple H was not an orphan, like Jim Ross said. Not an orphan. We move on to a Cena-Batista video. 
video, and I just want to thank Mike Adamley for another one because we hear Mike <laughs> Adamley announcing this match. And uh, ladies, Batista does a jackhammer. What else do we want? Both commentators might have called it a vertical suplex, but we knew what it was. We enjoyed it. And this match also has a famous injury. It's on Cena, right? Tell me what happens. Is it the leg drop off the rope into a powerbomb? That's what that's the clip they always show. And I was even rewatching this. I had uh, Ralphie on my lap and we're watching this and I'm like waiting for the big moment. And we watch the powerbomb. Cena kicks out and then takes another powerbomb like nothing happened. So I don't know if that was the exact moment when it happened. I, I remember seeing the, uh, <laughs> the, the the Samoa Joe move when Batista falls back and does like the Coquina clutch. Cena does fall very awkwardly. Maybe it happened on that. But maybe because they were like, well, we can't show him do that. They're going to try that at home, damn it. So they, sh- <laughs> they just show the powerbomb. Like, yeah, let them try. Please, I tried a million powerbombs as a kid on people smaller than me. And yeah, let them try that at home. But yeah, ladies, <laughs> it's great because that's not a good enough highlight, the real injury. So we'll just throw a powerbomb in there. We're going to get Batista over. You broke your neck. We're going to get Batista over even more. They just show Brock Lesnar breaking Mar- Bob Holly's neck. Look what happened to John Cena against Batista at SummerSlam 08. Ladies, <laughs> this, this was match of the night. I don't remember it, though. I'm just lying to you i feel like i dozed off two matches ago jbl cm punk oddly enough was when i fell out it's like santino brought me to this peak that i felt like i couldn't get past and then matt hardy brought me over it and god that that icw main event might have been where i really just climaxed and i've been struggling to get through the last four hours this is one of those long events it was a long well and John Cena loses another pay-per-view match. So I know that we are all convinced that this guy's never lost at a pay-per-view. But he lost this match. It was great. The crowd was super into it. And, yeah, as far as a pay-per-view where the main the, the main event isn't for a championship, I thought this was perfect. They booked it well. I love the little – the biggest blockbuster of the summer starring John Cena. And they show a clip of him in the Marine. And then they're like, Dave Batista, And they show a clip of him when he was in Evolution. Like, it was just a good buildup. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the match entirely that was great i loved i think cena's haired when i remember the marine clip he has the hair he has now he just looks like a big dork running from fire it now it's not like such a weight he's turning old real fast yeah the hair the weight where the, when the muscle the power is the last to go Vladi. so we're gonna let him wrestle a few more matches and we'll see if he can survive i'd love to see Cena out there looking like chuck liddell it's just real when he's in there getting fucking clipped by fake punches getting knocked out clean and Vladi's, believe it or not 78 percent believe edge will divorce vicky so this relationship <laughs> will not survive the domestic violence or her resurrecting the dead to kill him and Vladi's, remember the, the, the video plays edge trying to summon and the Undertaker, tipping over Vicky like we talked about, concerto to Chavo, just torturing anyone he can get his hands on, turn the lights out, and Vladis, this crazy edge was basically me, me this week I've made Jess's life hell trying to make Undertaker turn off the lights because I believe I'm Vicky and she's Edge She's so beautiful and perfect, and I'm some fat kid in a wheelchair She's a main event superstar and I'm just waiting for her to tip me over you're, you're waiting for her to tip you over. You're in the wheelchair. Everyone, what does the poll say for you guys? Because if I was voting, standard text messaging rates did apply. Please, I'm glad you brought this thing. up. Now, I forget how texting works. I feel a little old like Jim Ross. But yes, te- what, what do we text? Text WRESTLE to 7789 if you believe we're going to stay together. And Vladis, I think 1010220 makes it free. If we or if we, if we dial one hundred collect, we can definitely get in on these savings and make sure that I vote for you guys to stay together. I did enjoy that they were like 
that was even a real poll. It seems like they dominated these text polls for the uh, these last few pay-per-views. But it was just so silly. Are they going to get divorced? Because even, like you said, JR is the one who's... Like, you know, we're out, I talk about wrestling and uh, I don't I think that people need to kick out on one and like, you know, just this is the mind of the guy who's actually there, but he has to get on camera and go, who do you think is going to win tonight? Is JBL, John Cena, Triple H or Randy Orton? Text vote now. Standard messaging rates do apply. Make sure you get your parents permission before you text. Like this isn't him at all. This isn't, you know, call the, the wrestling hotline, but I, I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the, the build-up to this. I think we all did. I'm going to summon The Undertaker. It was incredible. When I was a kid, I used to want to call those hotlines so bad. I used to think you could talk to Shawn Michaels if you called. And I'm thinking, come on, there's millions of people calling. How is he talking to millions of us? And I don't know what age it was when I realized it was all fake and we just listened to a pre-recorded Todd Pettengill interview. But you, and then there's just hold music to make sure you're paying for longer. But, Vlady, Satan's structure must be lowered. And here it comes, our main event. The best of the Undertaker Edge matches, and maybe it's the South. I don't know, but I hated all of their matches until now. Maybe it was Edge going crazy and tipping that wheelchair. I have to credit more of the buildup. Like the, the promo video almost enhanced this match because after four hours, Fleeties, or three and a half hours, uh, for me to still be able to endure this, after an Undertaker entrance, for me to still enjoy the entire match, after the way all of their prior matches made me feel, I don't know how to explain it besides Jim Ross was on. He said, Edge isn't walking on water, he's running on wood. God, these commentators are poets, aren't they? Is Vince feeding these people these lines? And I think that means his dick was hard. I'm not, I don't know what it means to run on wood, but it wasn't enough to beat the dead man tonight. No, and I enjoyed J- Jim Ross was on, and maybe the problem with some of these Undertaker Edge matches for you was it was Michael Cole, Michael Cole and Mick Foley were calling these last couple ones. So we finally get Jim Ross and Taz in here, and we kind of know what we're doing. We got yam bags happening, and we got running on wood. It was just, it was great. The whole thing told a great story. It was the culmination of what felt like this entire year. These guys had a match like the year before too. It, Edge and Undertaker. When I think of Edge's greatest opponents, and I know it's weird that I would think of that, Undertaker is like number one for me. And Edge is a top guy. He's a main eventer. He's a white meat baby face. I love Edge. Please, it's Devon. That's number one for me. And him and Devon are on the latest WWE playback. I can't wait to watch that with you. Ladies, there's a spot at the end where the camera's grabbed and used as a weapon. And apparently this was a real camera. I figured it would just be a cheap fake one because the mic was left on. So you can hear them talking while this camera is sitting on the apron. And God, they're talking way louder than I ever knew. The ref at one point yells, what to Edge? What? And, you, and if <laughs> the fuck, he was going to what chant? If the camera mic was on, we wouldn't have heard it. You don't really see his mouth move. But hearing it and knowing where it was from, you can't believe what they can get away with. And Danny Richardson, Vladis, had wrestling experience, my host before you. And he used to tell me, like, when you're in the ring, you could have a loud conversation even in like a gym well maybe not but i think that's what he meant in an outdoor show he, he was in he was in stadiums ladies in those stadiums he could have a yelling match and it could be a quiet place the movie and the monsters wouldn't be able to find him so you can just go crazy in that ring with your art it's the art of wrestling ladies it's just whispering behind our back is what it is and i loved hearing it through that camera well, and I went to an indie show in Southern California, and I think there was – it was kind of a gimmick of one of the wrestlers to not necessarily get in your ear and go, all right, here's what we're going to do. It was more of a, like, suplex. Like, he would, like, say what he was going to do and do it. 
And sure, he's playing to the crowd like, hey, I'm telling you guys my moves before I do them. Like, I'm, I'm cocky and I'm funny. But it was also an easy way to get away with, uh, you know, Irish whip, leg drop. <laughs> it was a great character. And I think they could have pulled that off in this match. I would love it if Undertaker was just yelling his shit before uh, getting it out. So I thought this was a good match. And yeah, I guess I didn't know. I might have not had the volume on like you did. I didn't hear him calling spots. I was just watching this. Uh, going, holy shit, dinner's almost Turn dead. it up, ladies. Stop watching everything with the sound off. Wrestling is about us. We're the main character. We're there the, in every match. And then these idiots come and go throughout the night. You gotta hear the crowd and what they chant. <sighs> the Glamorella chant was amazing and you missed it. And our signs were on tonight. I sent you screenshots. One sign was Match of the Year 2008. Uh, John's picture of John Cena cut out of magazine picture of Batista cut out of magazine and the biggest nerd you ever saw holding it up my favorite thing isn't the signs but the faces under them now I just like focusing on the guy that's holding it it's like HBK is my idol was in the front row and it's this guy with a bun looking like the, the best <laughs> best athlete in the building with an Under Armour top on HBK is my idol two feet from Shawn Michaels hoping he'll look and I'm just cringing hoping he won't Shawn Michaels don't look at that fucking sign in front of me don't look at the guy holding it. Don't make eye contact with that guy. Please don't do this. I mean, I showed up one time with a cane sign with one sleeve cut off, and I was less douchey than this guy. But, <laughs> ladies, please, we have so much to talk about tonight. I want to talk about TLC with you. I want to talk about the greatest entrance song with you. We might talk about the worst baby face, because I just I have one, and we can build from there and see where we go. Uh, Baron Corbin, we both love him so much. We're going to have to get to him. And AOP, ladies, goddamn. What the hell's happening in tag team wrestling? I can't wait to talk about that. So we're going to go for a second. We're not leaving. This is a little um, intermission. We get to watch Chris Conley sing in an alley. We get to go potty, pack some boats, do some bowls with me. And we come back to talk about today. Ladies, there's a pay-per-view Sunday don't miss that and don't miss this. We're about to pick it. But Vleeties, it's an honor every week to talk to the man himself. I am the man himself, Ryan Van Vliet. SummerSlam 08 was awesome. We're going to have to go Unforgiven, watch it again, see what we miss, see how we appreciate <laughs> it more. Because until the day that we Vleeties, die. We're not watching Unforgiven One again. more time. No, we have not. to do it for the fans. Next week. At, at, wait, we might be going Tuesday. And if we, I don't know if you want to skip 08 and just kind of just talk about that smackdown in this week but if we do oh wait we're fucking skipping unforgiven for sure oh my gosh okay no mercy 2008 you heard it here first uh and you also heard there might be a tuesday show because kevin's spoiling everything at the top of the hour because until the day that we die there's only like four left in 08 fleet and it's better than ever and we are we are we are the whole effing show gonna be right back we're not leaving it's an intermission it's Will like just are? a minute just a second fleeties don't interrupt that Music makes you feel something in your butt. Why on earth is Max's hair blue? I actually died of blue. Yeah, blue. <laughs> Jackass Kevin's gonna fuck you. Gonna put hot sauce in his face. Oh, please, it's in my fucking head! How the fuck's he gonna top that? It's in my head! I'm gonna grab some mace. Oh, oh my god, I'm so jealous! How the world are you gonna see? Ah! Let alone 
send out a tweet. Oh, no. Oh, no. Who in the hell do you think you are? Okay. Some kind of star. This is what he does. Well, right you are. People aren't built tough anymore. They aren't built to grind. They're built weak, soft. They're used to second-place trophies. I'll tell you a story, Booker. I, I fought in a tournament, and I took fourth place. On the way home from that tournament, I had a trophy in my hand, and my dad said, hey, let me see that trophy. And he threw it out the window while we were on the highway home. I don't accept fourth place, third place, second place. I was built to be tough. I was built to last, and I was built to get things done by any means necessary. Cruz also grew up watching John Cena, as you can tell from how thickly muscled he is. 